good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morning. I think I've covered the world. This is episode 49 of FIA Goes PC. As always, I am your host, Rebel Zen, aka Danny Hale. And we're still in Japan, just in case you wondered, just in case you cared, just in case you're thinking, are they still in Japan? Yes, we are. We are. We are. For now. Anyway, so I am here, as always, with our producer, Winifred Mark. Say hello. Hello. She's actually more awake. I this am. is quite amazing. Is it because it's been a warm day? Probably. And you are solar panel <laughs> panelled? You are solar panelled. That's solar right. powered. Yeah, oh powered. Yes. Oh, I thought you were panelled. Uh you were panelled solarly. And laughing in a distance, mocking me with a big cheesy grin. And obviously that's a grin made of cheese. Is our very, very dear and beloved unicorn slayer. Pete, say hello. Hello. There he I'm is. not solar powered, unfortunately. Are you not powered by solar. No. He's How about beer panels? powered. I am beer powered. Mm. <laughs> panels? <laughs> Are you beer panelled or powered? No, I'm panelled after a few beers. That's <laughs> You actually are. Got totally panelled last night, I did. Yes, that's actually a thing now. You've just created a thing. Yep. Now everyone can go to the pub and feel panelled at the mm. end of their night. So this is very good. We have a quite quite an eclectic and busy podcast this, this episode because we've got a lot of things on the, uh, well, let's be honest, the electric blackboard that Winner's just thrown right in front of my <laughs> legs. Obviously, people at home listening in can't see it, but it exists. Yeah. It's my job cool. as producer. It is. To it throw is. things at Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah mostly Can throw I have things. the producer job? <laughs> <laughs> I want to throw myself at him. Well, thank you. That's actually very kind. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, it's quite a busy one. We've got uh, a few things that are kind of uh, wrap up on the things we've been doing here. We are slowly winding down the immense Tokyo trip. It's been quite a wild ride. We're not going to get too sad yet. We've still got a few things to do here. But basically, yeah, it's been it's been a hectic week. We said to all of you, Last time on the podcast that we would head towards the Sony Street Stroke store, stroke building, stroke whatever you want to stroke, really, uh, <laughs> in the Ginza area. We actually hadn't been to the Ginza area before. We all had a rough idea that it wasn't anything like where Pete lived in Hong Kong. We knew that. It's one thing we knew. That was, actually, I think that was just the station, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. It was, yeah, it's just a light rail station in Tinshui Wai called Ginza that is connected to a small mall that has nothing to do with Ginza. No. No. But it is named the same. Yeah, something like that. It is, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the Hong Kong interpretation of something that's nothing like the Hong Kong one. Well, the words Ginza simply mean silver tower. I'm glad to translation. Silver what was that? Silverback Gorilla. There you go. Yes, it's basically a silverback gorilla. That's mm. what Ginza means. Thank you for translating to everyone at home. You're very welcome. Uh, it's it, Well, it's we, we like to educate people. So we went to the actual legitimate Ginza. There's a lot of things in Ginza, let's, let's be honest. Uh, one thing that I always thought it was was kind of like the Asakusa market. I always I had this envisioned kind of it sold bits and bobs and it was a big market square and it had a bit of a Western flavor to it. I wasn't expecting what we actually came out of the train station and saw, and that was Manhattan, mm. New York, which is pretty much all it looked like to me. It really was quite American. It really yeah. is. Like, like six lane roads and yeah. A lot of Americans. <laughs> Can't forget that. A lot of Americans walking the street. Uh, everything is very Manhattan, like mm. the coffee shops. We've seen repeated brands all over Tokyo, a lot of uh, home coffee shops, cafes and such. But here especially, they were kind of reproduced as more grand kind of New York styled things. We actually went to one of them and it was a big circle. Um, it sounded a bit Liverpoolian then. It was a big <laughs> circle. And basically within the circle... You kind of sit next to straight. It was very cramped. You kind of sit next mm. to people, and obviously the chairs are set for smaller people than us. Uh, obviously, Japanese people are fairly petite, except for the non-petite sumo kind. 
which are more like us, but you wouldn't really get a sumo in a cafe in Ginza. That's actually a book that I should write, mental <laughs> note. You wouldn't get a sumo at a coffee shop in Ginza. There you go. You heard it here, folks. That is the book I'm going to write. could even be a biography. You never know. Of someone that I haven't met yet. Sounds like a short film. A very, well, I would say it's more of an obese film. Full of, full of things. I'd say it's a very short film. You wouldn't get through the door and that would be the end of it. Could be. Could be. I mean, we are now discussing a very brilliant film concept. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully everyone at home can enjoy that. Um, but yeah, Ginza. So we were hunting Sony Street and we, lo and behold, walked past it five or six times. Uh, it is there. Uh, it's very, very smallly marked by a street sign. Probably no, uh, no bigger than my foot, really, that sign. But it did say Sony Street. Mm. And uh, we walked up and down it going, where's Sony Street? Where's the and Sony building? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where's the, where's the building? I think what had confused us is that in Osaka, like especially Nintendo headquarters or uh, Sony's headquarters is actually in Osaka. Is it? So the actual building that we're all looking for is actually in Osaka. So you could be there for millions of years and never actually find it because it's in Osaka. I think traditionally, once upon a time, it used to be in Tokyo. Mm. But they up, upped it. It got legs, as we've told you many times. <laughs> Buildings here do walk quite a long distance. And it went to Osaka. At least that's what I came across in my research. Are you talking about the building that looks like a PS3? No. Right. I'm talking about the headquarters building where they make all the games and things like this right. in Japan. Because there is a building that looks like a PS3, which has nothing to do with Sony. I think we've seen several buildings that look like PS3s. Because mm. yeah. Pete and I saw one on one of our first days here and we were like, oh, look, it's a PS3 building. That must be Sony. Walked <laughs> past it and it was someone called Neville. Neville's uh, <laughs> Jewelers or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was something completely nothing to do. With Sony and definitely not called Neville's Jewelers. But hey ho, it was called something. But yes, there's a lot of buildings that are very PS3 esque. Mm. Um, but yes, it isn't the Sony one. Like I said, I believe that's in Osaka. Anyone can tell us in the comments. They never do, but they could. And they could correct us by being smart. And we are using Wikipedia and other such joys mm -hmm. on the comments, but they won't. So we're going to move on. In Ginza, just before we get to the Sony thing, because we've got to keep that as, I mean, it was absolutely an incredible experience. We'll tell you all about that in a minute. We also knew that in this area was, Su hold on, I'm going to say this right. Hold on. <clears throat> I'm going to get my Japanese teeth in. Sujiki Market. Sujiki. Yeah. The old fish market. Oh, had... Tsukiji. Tsukiji. Well, it says Sujiki on my notebook. I'm sorry, I spelled it wrong. So <laughs> anyone who's just heard me be dyslexic in Japanese, <laughs> it's down to my producer who has made me look like Donald Trump. Thank you very much. <laughs> Tsukiji yes. Market, which basically had an old sort of shantytown, very classic, brilliant markets, very famous in these here parts for uh, bluefin tuna, mm -hmm. which is basically... A different tuner to the one that fixes your piano. But basically, that market was very historical. Been here for many, many moons. They have now destroyed all of that and moved it to a new place, which I think opened up last year. Is that correct? Something like that. Yeah, it's quite very new. recent. Yeah, which is now two years ago because you're listening in the future, of course. <laughs> but for us, it was only a year, roughly. But the new site actually looked quite old. We went there at 9 o'clock at night and it was all shut down. And I want to get this out of the way because Pete wasn't with us. He'd gone back hunting Pokemon all the way home. And we were in this market and it looked like it had been there for at least 20 years. A lot of it had rusted and stuff like this. I'm not sure. And someone who won't comment on our YouTube or our Twitter or anything else that we have that you can comment on but you don't um, will correct me and say, maybe it was an old market anyway, and they just shifted the site and changed the brand name. I'm not sure, but it looked very used. It didn't look purpose-built, you mean? Yeah. It well, it, like the market had moved in rather than it was built for the market. Exactly that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it was a market, and it was called Terry's Market, and then they thought, well, you know... Chocolate oranges aren't selling too well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we have to go with what we so we'll know. So go for fish. Exactly, and mm. that's uh, Tsujiki, if you're wrong, and Tsukiji, if you're correct. Market. 
But it was cool. We went there. Um, only a few things open. A lot of 24-hour sort of uh, specialist sushi places and dom places that were there. Obviously, it's that market. Quite hiked up in price, actually, to what I think it used to be. So it's a bit more, it does feel like they've kind of slanted it towards the tourism now because it's so famous around the world through documentaries and stuff like this that I think they've upped the game a bit. It could also be that they're the 24-hour prices and at 6 in the morning when it's literally ransacked with fishermen and such, it's cheaper. I don't know. I think it might also be because it's next to Ginza, which is very affluent. I think it might be because it's now a further trip inland, so they've got to pay the train fare for the tuna to get there. I think you could be right. It, ha it hasn't that... moved that far, I don't think. I think it's also because <laughs> that there's so many pianos there, he is overworked, and yeah. so he had to ask for more money. Yeah, yeah. Any of these reasons could be correct. They're probably all wrong. But the fact of the matter is, it was quite a fascinating look. It was a very huge place, very massive. As you go around to the... Right-hand side of it, you see some older stuff that must be remnant from the old one um, because the sites are very, very close. The old site to the new site is very, very close in proximity. I think you can see they'd boarded off a mass amount of area, and I think that was where they demolished the old market. So it was really close. I mean, I'm just guessing, doing a bit of detective work. Someone can correct me. They won't. But I could. You know, it's an open forum mm. that no one uses. So what we're going to do is we're going to say, like, we also saw a temple in that area called Yoshinoya. Mm -hmm. And Yoshinoya actually started in that area. The actual brand Yoshinoya, which we've had in Hong Kong. Yep. Beef bowl. And stuff. America. And America. Yeah, not so. kind of ignore that experience. Uh, but <laughs> they don't in, use the right bowls. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing about Yashinoi is it has a certain bowl that's dead famous. In yeah. America, obviously, they ignore don't that. use that. Because <laughs> so, they're too small. Yeah. Was, it'd be like having McDonald's, but instead of the fries packet, you actually get like a car and stick the fries in that somewhere in the world. <laughs> Do you See, know what I mean? I'd go to that McDonald's. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, that would be a different drive through wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or they just don't. Fries in your car. Like I'd, a massive I'd go vat. For that. That'd be good, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. I'd just sit under it with my mouth open. There you go. So if you're listening, where do they not have McDonald's on Earth right now? Hmm. Antarctica. Cuba? If you're listening in Antarctica and you want your franchise McDonald's to move in Antarctica for all the penguins because they love it, you want to have a drive through that just tips fries into your car. Mm -hmm. And it would actually be a double function. It would warm you up for at least five seconds before it freezes. And resets to frozen uh, french fries again. Because that's what they were at the beginning of the day. Weird. It's a perpetual cycle. That's probably why they don't have one in Antarctica. So Ginza and the uh, Tsukiji market, as well as we've, we've glossed over Sony because it is so amazing. We want to tell you all about it. Um, I'm going to also say that on the way to <laughs> Tsukiji market, you go past Kabuki-za theatre. It's a big theatre of Kabuki in Tokyo, there's actually two theatres. Very close proximity, but this is probably the most famous. It's absolutely elaborate. Mm. It looks incredible on the outside. Very grand. Yeah, it, it's one of the most Japanese things in that area because everything else is Manhattan. Yeah. So you kind of go to Manhattan and then see what looks like an amazing Japanese building and then you're back in Manhattan. That's pretty much setting it for you. Um, really big theatre. Well, hopefully one day at some point in life, We'll be able to go and check something out there. Yeah. But Kabuki is a, one of the three styles of theatre in Japan. And it's not, it's, it's kind of like opera. It's an acquired taste. Because if you go there expecting Les Miserables, you ain't going to get it. And if you go there thinking Phantom of the Opera, you're going to get none of it. It's a very deliberate type of theatre, very slow moving and a lot of local, more like Shinto stories and samurai stories and things like this, quite akin with Cantonese opera in Hong Kong. Not as slow moving as North Theatre. Yeah, not as slow as North, which yeah. you basically need to bring your bed to watch. <laughs> not because it's boring, because it takes forever for one person to move. So you're best off just filming it and then speeding it up and watching it. <laughs> Was well, yeah, that right to get it in normal time? That's exactly how they invented the flip books. 
Oh yeah, yeah. You see, the, first, the precursor of animation was you someone didn't actually it all the way through. Someone actually yeah. before they flip booked and then thought, oh, that that's an actual thing that I could animate. Like Walt Disney got to that, you know. Before he got to that, obviously film was really prevalent back then. So mm-hmm. they did that. They actually got a guy to film. Piracy was legal back then. They got a guy in North Theatre and they filmed it, and they realised, hmm, this would be quite interesting if I press the fast forward button. It was VHS back then. Oh, so yeah, you have yeah. to forgive them. So on the big deck, they pressed the fast forward button and it sped it up like an animation. And I thought, oh my God, it's action packed. There's an explosion. There's, it was amazing. It, the whole genre of film was created from uh, fast forwarding North Theatre. It's a very known fact. No. <laughs> <laughs> or not. You the can voice tell of reason no. there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, that would be pretty amazing. If you did flip books of like Kabuki or Null, that would look really amazing, I think. Someone should do that. I'm just glad that Wynn doesn't suddenly go, no, every time we're saying something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> because we'd never hear the end of it. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't be able to speak. No. It would be like constantly uh, being at your headmaster's office. <laughs> uh, but I will say that what she was actually just saying was, the theatre type that we're talking about. She wasn't disagreeing. It is no theatre, isn't it? So we're going to move on from uh, teaching everyone absolute lies about Japanese classic theatre types and styles, even though we're absolutely correct. Um, I will oh, say... I want to mention one more type of theatre that's kind of relevant, and that's the Japanese puppetry theatre called Bunraku. And it's yes. relevant to season one. And if you've ever watched Naruto, uh, the character, uh, the Gara's younger brother in it, uh, Kankuro. The puppeteer Is actually guy. a Bunraku yeah. puppeteer. Mm. Well, based on. And Jirai is based on, roughly, Kabuki. That's your theater education for the day, Pete. <laughs> no one. Yay! No, no one is actually based on North Theater because it's so slow. So I think we that. saw my kind of theatre earlier today. We're just not allowed to talk about it because we're PG rated. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, we did walk past um, iguanas doing puppetry, which Pete is quite I'm a massive to. fan of it. Massive, massive mm-hmm. fan. Um, amphibians on strings, they call it. That, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Strung up amphibians. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they've had a hard night. Yep. So anyway, uh, moving on to all kinds of theatre. This spiral down and out of control very quickly uh it's a really cool building i suggest anyone who's in ginza you probably got a ferrari a lamborghini and that's just your appetizer uh but if you do get to go and you want a night in the theater go there don't dress up in a tuxedo i think it's more casual than that but it is an amazing thing to do if you're in tokyo check it out there is like i was saying one more contemporary theater across the way I'm not sure of the name of it, Mm. so you'll have to forgive me, but it's in the same vicinity. And that one is sort of more of like a modern kabuki, which does look more period, more contemporary. It looks like it uh, hosts other things as well, so it's quite mixed. Yeah, yeah. Different like dramas and stuff, yeah. But it all looked quite um, sovereign. So a lot of sort of shogunate stuff, I think, in dramas and things. But it's definitely more modern take of Kabuki. Kabuki's dead traditional with face paint and things like this. Actually, a nod to Kin. We use Kabuki-style face paint on our villain That's of the right. story. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Thanks to Yusuke. So if you're listening, Yusuke, cheers, buddy. Yep. For, uh, our awesome makeup artist. Hinting or teaching people a little bit about Kabuki. We also use no masks in we it. Did. We did. There you go. We've, we're very cultured here. Um, but honestly, if you ever watch No, it's basically a flip book. Fast forward it and you'll see the best <laughs> Jackie Chan movie you've ever seen in your life. It'll amaze you. It'll amaze you what you can do if you slow things down. Think Cirque du Soleil with a lot more pyrotechnics, but you can't tell when you're watching it because it's so slow. I think if you sped up Cirque du Soleil, that'd be an incredible show. Yeah, it'd be called The Blur of Light, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Blur of Light and Ribbons. Yes. I'd call it. So we are so cultured in this episode. I feel very, very proud of us. Uh, we will leave. I'm leaving the Sony, Sony Street and Building and store because it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave that till last. And we're going to go now outside of Ginza because this is something else we did. Uh, we'll talk about the Godzilla statue as well. But we're going to leave that because, again, 
electric stuff. And we want you to basically wait. We save the best to last on this show, as you all know, who are listening right now from around the world. We went to a place called Jim Bocho. Now, it's pronounced Jin Bocho, which is like when you make gin badly and you botch it up. Jim Bocho, right? But it's actually spelt Jimbo Cho on the train, at least, which we think is a typo. Well, in Japanese, it's, it uses the N letter, and then in English, they use M. So I don't know what's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain it's one of those uh, risque words. So you can't use the N word, you have to use the M word. So they did. Uh, oh, Jim, we're going to call it Jimbo Cho because it just sounds better. Also sounds like a jazz band that should be playing Vegas right now. Sounds like an alien language to me. Yeah, it does. Jimbo yeah. Cho. Jimbo Cho. Anyone <laughs> who's, who speaks Jimbo Cho probably can speak to a James very well. Mm-hmm. Hi, hi, James. How you doing? How you doing, Jim? It's my, it's my cousin as well as your best mate, but two different people. Um, mm-hmm. Jimbo Cho, we went there because we took the wrong direction and we ended up in Jimbo Cho, which we've done many times via train. Jimbo Cho is kind of like a hub where you can get to multiple places from the train station. But right now, we're on the top. So we're not in the train. We got out, we walked out, we were somewhere, and we came somewhere else. And <laughs> on this day, there was a festival. It's not really um, a Western sort of hangout. It's very much a local hangout. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And on this day, we came out to what Wynn said was a bookshop festival, like a secondhand it was bookshop. A book fair. Yes, this is what Wynn had told us. But what Pete and I saw for about <laughs> half a mile was ski resort holidays, yeah. ski shops, and snowboarding things. There were books, too. That came later. About skiing. There was books about skiing, books about resorts. And that was all along the roadside I as well. That wasn't that just was the shops. part of the book fair. We're fairly certain it was not part of the book fair because we found the book fair mm-hmm. which came like i said about half a mile later after we'd been to many ski resort flyers <laughs> and weird stuff i had someone thrust a snowboarding thing in my hand so obviously they feel i'm very alpine savvy i'm not uh very charmed to be given that i think if you put me on a snowboard and sent me you know off on a on a, on a trail or whatever i would die because yeah and they also don't realise that wind hibernates if it goes below 15 degrees Celsius. So she would be rubbish, wouldn't she, really? <laughs> She'd have to wear everything at most ski shops mm. just to be able to stay awake. But yes, yeah, so we left our skiing resort fair and it emerged to be, as advertised, a second-hand book fair, which would be great if any of us could read Japanese, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? But it was pretty amazing that it was very community. It was driven. so busy. The yeah, whole busy. packed. It was pretty much. It was pretty much a Moncock Monday without any disturbance of the force, so to speak. It was mm. pretty much standard day Moncock, which now feels a bit nostalgic to say that. <laughs> Nowadays, it's more like you you lock yourself up and board your house up. But before, it was kind of like you know busy, busy, busy. It, it, it was madly busy. But the thing that I actually really enjoyed there was that it was a community thing, obviously. And they had community people making little sort of snacks and things that looked and smelled absolutely immense. You know, yakitori and things on sticks. Mm. and Yeah, little okonomiyakis and whatever. I just love the fact that everyone was out there for books. Yeah. Like the reading culture here is still really strong. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's good that people can ski and read. Uh, but if At you're the not, same time? Yeah, yeah. Mm. If you're not Japanese, don't ski and read because you might crash into a tree. Just saying. Um, but yes, no, it's very... Like, I think the fact that we've seen streets full of bookshops, that bookstores are almost in every district in town, it's kind of this whole thing like throwback. you got CD shops, you got DVD rental shops still. You've yeah. got bookshops. Mm. Cassette tapes for sale. Yeah, cassette yeah. tapes. Uh, Pete was modeling one of the uh, most uh, recent uh, tapes he could find, which was uh, Led Zeppelin Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. the shop I found earlier that was still selling Game Boys, uh, Nintendo cartridges, all that kind of thing. Yeah. 
But it's a very collector's mark, and I think mm. that it's a tribute, really, because a lot of people, like I was saying to Pete, a lot of millennial sort of uh, folks, people born in the in the late nineties, especially, are not going to actually relate to that life. But that was all of our life once. Yeah, and it's quite incredible to see that it's never really dispersed here. It's it's really still everything we grew up loving, mm-hmm. and it is exciting. It's cool to see this. We were talking about the split of radio shops, where to go to the heavy metal is a whole different shop to mm. jazz. Things like this are super nostalgic, and it's it's just really cool to see that everyday life hasn't really changed from the ideals that we grew up with as kids, you know. Well, Wynn made a purchase, didn't she? She did, yeah. Of something that you could only find on a car boot, I think, in England. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, even now that would be hard, Yeah, I think, yeah. Unless you're in, like, uh, Leeds. Yeah, well, they or, haven't or quite Sunderland. got electricity yet, have they? No, no, no. Uh, Leeds are very familiar with electricity. But their leads aren't connected. Mm. They're just all over the floor. So if you're in Leeds and you're currently uh, seeing this by smoke signal, yeah. then um, light up your fire and leave us a comment. Or just, you plug, or just plug all the leads in, and mm. then you'll be like the rest of the UK. But, if but when, I think you better actually say what this purchase was. Yeah. True. I got a uh, cassette tape Walkman. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which is the classic Walkman. Before CDs were invented. Yeah. Well, actually, the reason I got it is because I have one at home that broke. And I couldn't find any place that would fix it because they don't have the parts. They just, you know, they just don't do it anymore. Uh, but I have these cassette tapes that my mom recorded when I was a child. And, you know, speaking and learning languages, mm. English and Chinese. So I'm like, oh, I want to listen to them again. But <laughs> I have nothing to play it with. So that's why I had to get this Walkman. As soon as I saw it. It was pretty much naturally when uh, when she was in her test subject mode. And she, she, <laughs> I she, was an experiment for she, my mom. <laughs> yeah, she, we've only just got the barcode off her head, so uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's been fascinating, really, because we've seen in Akihabara, which is where Wynn uh, got the uh, Walkman, we saw a lot of old radios and things. Mm-hmm. It's almost like nothing is thrown away here. Everything's mm-hmm. still got a purpose. And yep. that's really good to see that. Like, it's just quite amazing. But yeah, we're going to start closing down that Jimbocho experience in the secondhand bookshop. Uh, fair. It was actually, I'll, I'll close off by saying it was like a lot of the local restaurants had joined in as well. We're giving out food samples and things. Mm. And a lot of the uh, neighboring areas actually had bookshops that were opening up. So it was, it was just really cool. It was a street fair for the best part and it was massive it was huge we didn't like, actually really go big. to the end did we no we we cut off because if mm. we'd have gone to the end would have been uh probably in uh mexico yeah but basically we decided that we should get off the yellow brick road and go back home before uh, uh dorothy clicks her heels so anyway uh yeah the 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 amazing thing about books is and shops of books and ski resorts which is an odd fair to, to kind of mix, but I, I understand it. It makes some degree of sense. For example, if one of you's in a relationship and one of you's an extreme thrill seeker and the other one's a nerd, it makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> but what if you had offspring and your offspring was a hybrid, a nerdy thrill seeker? They went to a library like anyone else, but jumped off all the bookshelves with parachutes. That's the kind of people we think should go hunting down hobo bait t-shirts. Those people, half nerd and half thrill seeker. This is the brand for you. It is a Hong Kong based brand. We've lost our producer to a bout of giggles. There's nothing, there's nothing funny about hobo bait except for everything that hobo bait sells, which is funny as hell. And they kitted us out with the uh, second series. Very nice of them. Uh, they, they're our official sponsor on the podcast. Hong Kong-based t-shirt company that is part of the Teespring community. And Pete, where do you go to find Hobo Bait, Pete? Do you know? Um, I think you go onto the internet. You go onto the internet. This is very true. It's an invention, everyone. If you don't know the internet, you shouldn't be able to listen to our podcast. But if you do, and you are listening, then go to teespring.com forward slash doors forward slash Hobo Bait right now because everything's amazing and if you're a thrill-seeking nerd this is the place you want to go and get your t-shirts and if you missed it the first time 
I'll just give you the rehash. This is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait for all hobo bait apparel. Thank you very much. Do it, do it now. So, Jimbo Show. We can move on from Jimbo Show. We've seen the uh, radical snowboarding, skiing, book fair, and uh, <laughs> no real fair. No, 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 like roller coasters or pizzazz. No, 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 just a street market, very mm. big one. So imagine most of your street markets in the UK, extend them for about three miles and fill them with books. Chuck your cabbages away and fill it all with books. That's pretty much what it was like. If you are desperate for a roller coaster, though, there is one about 20 minutes down the road. Yeah, yeah, so. but we, we call that the public train here. Mm. Yeah, there you go. So um, Jimbocho, cr pretty cool area. Again, if you're in Tokyo and you're Western and you want to see something that sort of reflects more Japanese life and more everyday community, Jimbocho is your place to go. Just step out of the uh, train station. We actually saw a street. It's kind of a back alley street with two pub stroke cafes mm. that literally look like a page of a Studio Ghibli film in, or, or manga or, or picture book. It was amazing. Very picturesque. Very cool. Very cramped. Did look yeah. a bit like you're in a Tudor... Hamlet. Well, we didn't try to go in, did we? We uh, we thought better of it. Yeah. Well, I think when you see the door and it's about the size of your knee, mm -hmm. uh, you're kind of like, yeah, I can't go in there. But it looked incredible. And there's people in the UK, Europe, and America that are a lot smaller than us, Pete. Believe it or not. Nah, I don't believe you. No, oh, they're, uh, they're they're called pixies. Mm. Uh, a pixie could go into these places easily. So if you're an American or European pixie, you'd be fine. So, yeah, Jimbocho, very cool place. Actually, you would fit in there. It, it, you'd get through the door and then realize you're in a hobbit house. I think that's <laughs> yeah, pretty much, what, pretty much. what it looked like. But go there, check it out. And obviously, uh, you know, if you want, like I was saying, a real side to communal Japan, that's the place to go. Very few tourists know about it until this podcast. And then everyone knows about it. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk to you about Sony Street and the Sony building. That's actually a, a, not a building, uh, a store, and other Sony such things. But we don't want to do that yet because it's super exciting. We might even talk about the Godzilla statue. You just don't know. But there what is we, a Godzilla statue. There, there definitely is a Godzilla statue in Ginza. But we're not going to talk about it right now. Oh. We're going to keep it to the end because <laughs> it's so exciting. We've got to build up the excitement it's called of a all of it. cliffhanger. It is called a cliffhanger, <laughs> which is something you do if you're not so good at skiing. Yes. Ironically. So instead of going to, we, we did definitely do Sony. We're not saying this. We're just, it's so much of a thrill. We have to tell you at the last point. We actually have filmed today in Ueno Park. But we did a very special thing. We've done the zoo. Mm -hmm. Great. We actually went to the market, a famous market. Amiyoko. Amiyoko. Are you sure? It's not, uh, it's not confused like you confused me when you were writing my no, speech for me. It made me look like Donald Trump now. You're, you're okay. I'm it's sorry. Fine. It's okay. No problem. It's a famous market. We've discussed this before. we discussed this before. Stuff about sugar and value and it was sweet place and yeah, loads of candy. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that this time. We're going to talk about the fact that we turned up there ready to film in a place that usually isn't that busy at the time we went there. But today, for some reason was absolutely packed. Yeah, completely jammed. Madly packed. And it's only a Wednesday. It's not even a weekend. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but it won't be a Wednesday when you listen to this. No, but it'll be a Monday. It might be a Wednesday. It <laughs> it'll <laughs> be a true. Wednesday somewhere in the You're world. You're not allowed to listen to this on a Wednesday. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's a Wednesday, to... turn it off. Yeah, right exactly, yeah, exactly. If you're listening <laughs> on a Wednesday... Don't, because it's too accurate to when we film. <laughs> ah, we didn't film on this Wednesday. If you are listening on a Wednesday, it was a Wednesday many months in the past. But hey-ho, we went to Anna Park and we went to the market. And the market, this day, madly busy. We only wanted to do an intro, but we actually wore off the beat and track a bit because we actually discovered a really cool little cafe. And if you're in a Weno and you're near the market and you walk completely wrong way, You'll find this cafe too. It's called Lupin. I thought it was Lapan. It was in the French no. for rabbit. It was, it was, it was Lapan Lupin then. 
because I read it as Lupin. Everyone else read it as Lapan. I am completely wrong. But anyway, I'm, it's a good side Today's tangent. a day for spelling <laughs> yeah. errors. <laughs> well, it's also good because Lupin is actually a series of novels. It's very famous here for being animated. They have advertised a lot of coffee with our favorite Japanese actor, Takeshi Kitano, doing the advert. He's he doesn't have a castle. He does, he does have a castle but only for certain times of the year when mm. he does Takeshi's Castle. But it's that guy. You are correct. Mm -hmm. This place that I thought was looping is actually Lapin, which is French for uh, cheese, right? Rabbit. Rabbit cheese. Bunny rabbit. Bunny rabbit cheese. I mean, I'd write it down for you, but I'd probably end up writing kettle or something. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's the way this is going. That is, <laughs> we, we are very much seriously seriously misguiding ourselves with words today. <laughs> but um i will say that the french word for rabbit which is terry um it was a great great cafe it was kind of like being in southern spain it really was because you were right sat on the road which you would get at a tapas bar in all the good tapas bars in spain are right on the road if all the bad ones are commercial things called mcdonald's but this place <laughs> was incredible. It's a tiny place. Um, if you can find it, it is actually Lapan, not Lupin. But it looked <laughs> like Lupin to me. So maybe maybe if you see a place called Lupin, it will be the wrong one. But this was really good. They did a lot of snacks, mostly um, sandwich-based sort of stuff, bakery things. But just really cool. And we just sat down there and had a bit of a snack, watched some guys on motorbikes, crash into walls amazing really good they must have been no theater actors because it was really slow uh you didn't see the explosion or hear any sound it was just very slow uh but yeah good place great coffee great charm they actually sell english breakfast tea so if you're in england and you're missing english breakfast tea go to that area find lapin kafan 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 lapin cafeteria blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. cafeteria rabbit find that uh terry i call it and you'll be, it's a, it's a treat. It's the only cafe I've seen here that literally falls onto the road like Spanish style. You know, all of the chairs were facing directly to the road like they would in, say, Morocco or something. Pretty cool, man. I dig it. I was really excited then because I didn't hear you quite say the word tea. And I thought you meant they just did English breakfast. Oh, right. Right. Well, I am missing the fryer <laughs> at the yeah. moment. I told you it would happen. I said you'd have to be in Asia for a few months, but then you're going to start missing things. Yeah. You will get home and you'll taste the most bog standard bread and think it's the best thing you've ever yeah. eaten. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is why you get fat when you go back to England because you're just gorging <laughs> meats and cheeses and stuff. Oh, know? is that my excuse? Well, it will be now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's either that or you were waiting to be the star in my, my uh, film that we discussed. Or oh, book. It was started off as a book. It yeah, became yeah. a short it's film. film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, these things are crazy. Look at the entertainment world. So, yes. Anyway, it went to park. So, we did the market. And then we did something extra special. We did something really for you guys because we haven't, we haven't really shown too much landmarks in this show. Uh, in the YouTube show because we deliberately didn't want to be a touristy thing. We wanted to do something in comedy and improv comedy. Mm. It's our, kind of our thing. So we've sort of not done what I would say is the official landmarks of Tokyo and stuff like this, just preparing people. But today, we actually did. We actually did mm. it. And uh, we're not going to tell you exactly what that is. But we saw a few celebrities, a famous English singer, Mm. example uh hanging out in a pond which was pretty cool uh we saw uh singing singing things didn't we a lot of singing things not going to tell you what they are and um yeah we filmed in a very special place very la like a landmark again probably a landmark a lot of people coming to tokyo don't know about because it's very colloquial there are a few people i think that stumble on it they'll see the zoo and then it's quite it's pretty much opposite the zoo mm -hmm. And so they'll go, oh, intrigued. That looks very Japanese. What's mm. that? But for the best part, I think it's a very local area. We did see a few street performers, though. One of them, I think, was Japan's answer to David Blaine. Mm. Yeah. We actually filmed him. He was pretty amazing. He was The doing, chair guy. The chair guy. Yeah. He was pretty much cool. Like, yeah. And the other guy, who we turned up in the morning <laughs> ready to film in this location, 
And he's got a megaphone. Oh, man, he's got, like, a mic up. He's got a PR (laughs) unit. He's pretty much got a helicopter going over it. Dude was, like, basically doing the weirdest version of Gangnam Style I've ever seen repeatedly (laughs) for hours and hours and hours. So uh, we had to wait for him to die of a heart attack before we could actually film. And lo and behold, he didn't. He's fine, kids. Don't worry. He's actually at the uh, Lupin Lapan Terry's Cafe down the road (laughs) having cheese sandwich. Uh, but it's a great day. We we did a lot of things today. Uh, we also finished the day off by a throwback to Series 1. A throwback of different sorts. We're mm-hmm. not going to tell you anything more than that. You're just going to have to watch Series 1 again and go, ooh, what could that be? What's mm-hmm. the most Japanese thing in Series 1? And you'll find nothing's Japanese in Series 1. <laughs> but it was a good throwback. The Bunra crew were... Oh, did you say something? Sorry, I totally zoned out. I was still thinking about Lupin Lapan Terrace Cafe. Sorry. I think Sorry. he's gone Lupin. I, I've always gone Lupin mm. Lapan. See, I'm very the crew good at has French. some Japanese on there. Can I just say I've been speaking more French in Japan than I've ever spoken in my life? I don't know what's wrong with you. Considering you don't speak French. I don't. Well, I don't no, speak well, you French started, correctly. You started in Macau. <laughs> Lark. <laughs> oh, le- oh yeah, yeah, that's correct. I thought it was just clearing his throat, to be honest. I didn't realise he was speaking <laughs> French. Uh, by the way, it wasn't me speaking, then it was Google Translate. So if you've got a problem with my French accent, it's not me. It's the uh, phone that's off wireless and is switched off. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's move past the Weno Park because it's now time. It's now time. If we had a drum rolling... Well, it would be quite weird if a drum just rolled by because we don't actually have a drum in this building. But if there was one, you would hear it now. And we can't do it. But we're all thinking it. And you're thinking it at home. That's creepy. Is that a Sayaka in your closet again? Shut up! There you go. There we go. So, basically, Sony Street. Now, we're going to go back to Sony Street because otherwise we'll ruin everything about the episode that we filmed today. We're going back to Sony Street. We, we've just explained to everyone at home that it's a very small sign, which I, I was quite shocked. I thought it would be a bit more of a landmark, mm-hmm. a bit more flares, bows and whistles. And we walked down Sony Street to find nothing Sony-esque. It was like a side street. It was literally <laughs> a back it was, alley. Wasn't yeah. it? But we, we did make one serious miscalculation, didn't we? While looking for anything Sony there. What was that? We were looking above ground. Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, we'll get to that. I'm glad you did mention that. Sony is a very famous brand in Japan. You could argue possibly the most famous brand in Japan, apart from Toyota, Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, uh, and others. So the the most famous non-motorized brand? Uh, Yeah, but I think they probably built a motorized hairdryer some, somewhere down the mm. line. Panasonic, um, Hitachi. There you go. Who's that? Is that um. the name of your robot? Um, anyway, Panasonic Hitachi. I would call mine Neville. We've discussed all my names. Neville, Terry, Trevor. Bob, <laughs> Francis, Delabonna. Um, basically, Sony Street. It was, it was to me, it was like a nicey, uh, nicey? <laughs> a nicer, <laughs> shinier version a nicey, shinier version. See, I have not got teeth in at all today. <laughs> version of the Bronx. Okay? And you're walking down that alleyway. Now, I know it's going to seem weird, but just imagine Steve Vai's smoke machine. We're stuck in the 80s. We've got a metalhead. He's got a smoke machine everywhere he walks, because that's what happened in the 80s. But let's just stick in that alleyway. You put smoke down it. Then you've got a bunch of gangsters running down, chasing after a bunch of kids with knives and baseball bats and stuff. And West Side Story, okay? That looked like the perfect place to set it. So if you want a low-budget New York City, go to Birmingham because it'll be cheaper. Mm -hmm. But if you want a more expensive, shinier version of the Bronx, New York, go to Tokyo and find Sony Street because it's literally that. It's, It's kind of just that. Everything around it is shops that have nothing to do with Sony. Like Hermes, uh, H&M might as well be. Uh, you know, it's basically... Gap was there, wasn't it? Gap. Gap was really there. Gap looked like Times Square. It was that... Gap was huge. It was literally like being in well, Times Square. Well, Sony was huge. Yeah. 
But you have got the broadcasting main headquarters of one of the uh, Toei broadcasting uh, tower. I think it was the morning news. Yeah, the morning news, like but it was still operational at night. Go figure. Um, but yeah, so we're in Sony Street, which is basically the Bronx, New York. We set the scene. And as we were coming through, and I kept making all these observations, hey man, like everything's like the Bronx and it's like Manhattan, it's like all aspects of New York, right? We actually came across a sign that said Ghostbusters in the park. Mm-hmm. And we all looked at it and was like, how New York can you get? Because mm-hmm. obviously Ghostbusters set in New York. If you didn't know that uh, and thought it was in Tennessee, sorry, I've, I've blown your mind. But it is set in New York and not in a park. Uh, which is kind of false advertising. But we were like, why is that here? That's a bit random. And then Pete, out of his genius of having GPS fitted in his head, was like, oh, no, we're close. We're close. I can hear it beeping in my head. So we literally went around the corner to find what I can only describe to the folks at home as an apocalyptic bunker entrance. Yeah. <laughs> right? It was, wasn't it? It literally looked like the end of the world was happening and this is the evacuation tube. <sighs> and we've all discovered that it's actually, the Sony building is underground. The Ginza ga- Sony Park is what it's That's yeah. correct. So the Ginza Sony Park, the Sony building is in Osaka. We can, I, w- I thought we it was a up. building. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I was looking up, mm-hmm. going, "Where's the building?" Looking for signs everywhere. Yeah. And it was down. But we actually literally walked Sony Street. Nothing to do with Sony. Go around a corner, you pass a really nice silver trailer that looks like it sells hot dogs. Sometime, mm-hmm. uh, another sort of nuclear kind of thing that you'd usually see in a nuclear testing zone is That's a very silver, shiny, very shiny chrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've all seen it in Call of Duty when you go to Nuketown. It's it's that kind of a thing. You get all of that gimmicks like the 1950s. Then you come to a bunker, which is all concrete, molded concrete. You go in it, and it says subway. So you actually go into the train subway, which is a little random because we actually walked out of the same subway. In the sort of bowels of a gallery, which has got nothing to do with Sony, it's literally just a gallery in the Mm. middle of Tokyo in Ginza. And then you discover quite quickly that there's just a big reception desk. And suddenly someone throws a map at your hand with Ghostbusters stuff all over it. And then you twig. Oh, yeah. Ghostbusters. Columbia TriStar Sony, right? So Sony obviously made that in America. And then everything we saw on that level was American movies. Yeah. It was, like a, up. it was like a bunch of bus stops. Yeah, a bunch mm. of bus stops playing clips, trailers from all the movies. So each bus stop had like a title and then like a little screen. Yeah. And then there was a word or a phrase on the floor yeah, which all, connected all of the films. It was all, yeah, it was like a link, like a loose link. So if it was like, has robots in it? Yeah. yeah. You had two films with robots in it. Or there was, there was a drunken idiots one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which uh, we should have stood at either end of that, actually. We should have. We should have. We should have. We didn't <laughs> yeah. think about that. Um, but there's just there's random, random stuff. stuff yeah, yeah, like paranormal abilities and all this kind of stuff. And basically, it was linking. It was fine. It, you see this stuff in LA all the time. Mm. It was basically a network of linking clips and films, all made by Columbia TriStar at one point, then acquired by Sony. So half of this stuff wasn't even produced or made by Sony back then. There was in the day. one that I really liked. Um, it was. Groundhog Day and 51st Dates, and the line between them is Infinite Loop. Mm. A bit like this podcast. So basically the network of links and things like this and strange uh, connections, like I said, you see that all the time in America. That's the kind of thing they'll do an expo in, say, the Arclight Cinema or something like this. You'll see it on IMDb as a map or whatever. But we're in Japan, and this is Sony, which is you know a Japanese franchise corporation massive one obviously the american side of it sony america so what confused me is that everything in this place was american there was literally no japanese identity in fact in this place they had a link on the floor that said like made in japan or something and it was two american movies from different eras like one from the 60s yeah. and one from you know what i mean I think like, it was film, filmed in Tokyo, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, filmed in Tokyo, yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't Japanese movies. Nope. So literally nothing in this place was Japanese, right? We then see people who are the tour guys wearing Ghostbusters outfits, mm. really proud 
of the 2017 flop remake of Ghostbusters. Well, that was that was the disappointing part for me because they had some of the um, some of the props. Yeah, that they were used film in the props. film. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I thought was actually you know quite cool. Oh, it was cool. It's out. It's out of context, out of place, but cool. Yeah. And then it said Ghostbusters 2017. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like some people might differ from this, but a Ghostbusters remake, it wasn't a bad film. But it's kind of like it's in this nature of remaking films just for girl power or whatever. Mm. And to me, it's sort of you're missing the point of of entertainment. It's almost like what you're doing in theater. If you're doing theater and you're all about messages and poignancy and all this stuff, you're missing the fact that this is a form of entertainment. And I think this feminist thing loses the entertainment value because Ghostbusters is a, it's, it's almost like an icon of cinema now. The Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Howard Ramis, and Ernie Hudson version, Ivan Reitman. It's literally an icon of cinema. And remaking that's always going to be turbulent. Mm -hmm. But when they did remake it, and I have to be honest, I've watched it. It's not as bad as you think in, in how severe the critics destroyed it. But it's like taking your favorite grown-up family film and just trashing it. Like Tim Burton did with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, in a way, it's like, it's not really necessary. It's not necessary. Is the, is the issue. It's not necessary. And if it was part of canon, it would be brilliant, actually. If they were all daughters or related or there was some yeah. kind of connection. Yeah. That would have been immense. But mm. they didn't do it. They tried to reimagine it. Luckily, the saving graces, they're doing a third interpretation of it with the original cast. Mm. Right. So hopefully we'll get something that was a bit clever uh, and less almost a cash-in cop-out, really, mm -hmm. you know. But I will say something in fairness to the female cast, they were brilliant in it. There, there was a lot of quirky, smart things in that film. It wasn't all bad. And I loved Chris Helmsworth as the secretary, which was a total <laughs> role reversal from Janine. You know? yeah. Really, really, really clever stuff in that regard. But yeah, just sad. It's turbulent water. It's like remaking The Godfather and... Making it sort of, uh, I don't know, a samurai film. The Godmother. Who'd do that? It's a completely Godmother. different film, There isn't you it? go. You've actually just nailed it on the head. That's exactly what it would be. And it would be terrible. Uh, oh, I'd love to see Ocean's that. Ocean's Eleven. You should never remake that with eight people and cast it off. Oh, so, well, it's already happened. No, I'm only joking. That's not too bad film. Well, I yeah, think I watched some of that on the plane. Didn't yeah, I? you did. You did. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. that one. It's The Devil Wears Prada, but they nick stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much that. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, sorry if those are your favourite films at the moment. Uh, we just grew up in a different time with tape cassettes and all kinds of things. Um, <laughs> but if you're listening and you agree with us, write comments. You know, I mean, even if you disagree, write comments, you won't. So we'll move no, on from there. Nobody ever does. No one does. Oh, or subscribe. Mm. Um, or not. I don't know, I guess. So We're not your parents. We haven't finished with Sony. Because the excitement didn't end. Mm. We actually got to the bottom of the bunker, so to speak, to find a cafe called Go, mm. which you just got there and you need to leave. That's basically what it's saying. The coolest thing about that, and this space was enormous, right? But yeah. it wasn't filled with anything. It's mostly concrete and gimmick stuff. But the best thing about that cafe was the monitor stacked. Mm. Again, people won't recognize this if they're born in a different decade, but these are actual TV preview monitors that we used to use in film. They're actually screens, not mm. flat screens, you know, proper bulky box things. Screens, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all of them had flickering little static stuff of a film that happened in 2017 and bombed the rest of the world. And it probably wasn't even released in Japan. Go figure. I don't know. But that was the coolest thing for me. We then got the hell out of the bunker. Because at this point, I was literally like, really? Sony? Really? Mm. Really, Sony? This is what you give us, Sony? Thank you. Really? 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 Thank you. I was doing that a lot. And so I was getting on Wind's nose, and she kicked me down a shaft. And I magically appeared at the top of the building again. I'm not <laughs> sure how that happened. But it you must mean have ground been. level, because it wasn't a building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, we got back to the street side after taking a train back up. I don't know. But and I'll point there, out that he is actually talking about a lift. That, oh, sorry, that's that's the thing. That's the thing that I was looking for. A lift. <laughs> yes. Not a shaft. 
of air that blows you up. It's actually a lift. Well done. It was actually or an the... elevator for the yeah. uh, American listeners. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. was actually the biggest lift we've seen in yeah, Japan as well, which was amazing. <laughs> Probably to uh, take all the props down to the basement. I will say, just in closing, something else that was quite sad for me, because I'm used to the Trocadero back in the 80s, which had a lot of amazing stuff in it in London, like the alien experience where they had like animatronic aliens and you had to run around avoiding them and stuff. Just cool stuff. Passage of Daltera, we discussed that. That was there recently. But physical things, you know, like lock-in rooms of physical mm. things. The thing that I've noticed in Japan is a trend. It's the only thing they don't do right in entertainment, in my opinion, is they had a Ghostbusters ride in inverted commas that was all VR. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So you basically put a VR mask on, you get stuck in what is pretty much a square box, and then the game is your theme park ride. Mm. I have a big problem with that, because once upon a time they would have done that with physical stuff, you'd have been on like a little ghost train with a little zapper, and it would have all come at you for real. Or it could have been a 3D screen like the Bats of the Future one, you know? I think this one was more um, puzzle solving and the like. Oh, right, because you were training, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. But it was... It, it was it was more interactive right. than a ghost train, so Yeah, to yeah, speak. yeah. Because yeah. Um, we actually saw somebody um, messing with something. Right. Um, even though she had the goggles on. Right. Um, she was messing with the wall for yeah, something or other. Yeah, but it's still a simulation. It's a bit like site-specific, yeah. interactive yeah. But VR, But VR is a big cop-out for me. Like, you have... Again, this is Sony. This is Japan. This is where they're from. If you're going to flagship something, number one, do something that's Japanese because we all want to see that in Japan. And number two, don't do it with the crappiest film in the last decade. <laughs> it's like basically, it's just sad. I mean, it's basically like going to Warner Brothers and they avoid Harry Potter and just show you Titanic, even though Fox made that. But hey, <laughs> it's the same thing. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. it's just wrong. Yeah, the VR Titanic experience would be... Uh... Well, if it was 4D, which is the extra sense, everyone, mm. you know, they throw water at your face, that would require a massive aquarium-style tank of water. And I have a sinking feeling it wouldn't work. Well... I, I got a feeling it would kill a lot of people. Exactly. <laughs> That's where the not working bit comes in. I see. In. I see. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I see. That maybe isn't generally should, regarded maybe as a the success. the cinema cracks in half and you just slip through the cracks. You know that would be That'd anyway. Be cool. We're we're now talking rubbish. So across the way from the absolutely impressively disappointing Sony Park, and it might be better when you're here in Tokyo. It was pretty crap for us. I'm going to be honest. Across the way, we actually saw the official Sony store. We got really excited. Mm -hmm. It was in a tower. It's all Sony. It's got a bank. A Sony bank. It's yep. all Sony. We're like, ah, oh, this is where it saves us. It was a whole two floors of the Sony store as well. It was. Two floor mega store, if you will. I thought it was more than that. Could have it, had, it had two floors of the store, right? and then something else above it, which completely escapes me. Yeah, I think it was like level me. four, five, six, seven mm. was theirs, but yeah. And I think the thing that you've all got to bear in mind is before we even came to Tokyo, we'd done our research, because we were looking at places that we may or may not be able to watch football in. The Sony building came up because they said, proudly, like Asahi, we're open past midnight. We're, we're definitely open every day of the week. Midnight or later. That's what they said before we came. This is really important. We checked before we came. We knew this is one of the hot spots. We knew this is one mm. of the things you got to do. We had masses of expectation. Sitting right underneath the Sony Megastore that's open till midnight, this is an important factor, was the Nissan showroom, which had a Formula One car in it. The Drift World Champion car in it. Pretty amazing place. Mm -hmm. Pretty amazing lighting. The Pretty amazing are... lighting. Yeah. We also got to see a very sophisticated toilet and a locker <laughs> room that looked like the loading room in the Matrix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The ladies' toilet had a little speaker. And when you went in, there would be some sound effects of like a brook. <laughs> yeah. Which is encouragement. I'm not sure if it's like encouragement or if it's like trying to cover up other sounds and you asked us if the lads 
Yeah, Asking I was like, you same. guys have a speaker. The thing <laughs> is that we, we point out is obviously guys use urinals. Only weirdos use the toilets in the man's toilet. Is that right, Pete? Yeah. We do all of our business in the urinal, whatever number it is. And increasingly in Japan, out in public. And increasingly out in public, exactly. Without as much as a... What? But all, the, all the toilets, the, the doors are open and you can just see into it. Yeah. The public toilets, literally, instead of having a door that you go in and then there's a new, a new room, which is like everywhere else Or even in the world. just like a maze with the walls that overlap. Oh. Yeah. That it, it's just, you can You're just see out. Literally, we, we had the shock in uh, Asakusa of seeing an observation window that literally looks straight into the guys taking, taking wheeze against the wall. Yeah. Well, the, the, the one I went to in Oweno Park earlier, I could see out. Oh, yeah. I saw you guys when you walked what? past. Yeah, yeah, same for me. Same yeah. for me. Yeah. It's just a little screen. That's now, obviously, disturbing. if you're listening in France, <laughs> I know in France you have this weird thing of basically making unisex toilets face each other. And, you know, it's basically you go to the toilet and you speed date all at one. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. In the Alpine French, they're kind of mad Sounds up perfect. There. Yeah, yeah. No, the French have got it sussed, man, because they've got all kinds of stuff. When I was in Paris, I had a two way mirror that when you're actually taking. On sitting on the toilet, I'm not going to say what you're doing because people might be eating at the time recording uh, or listening or whatever. Um, but basically, you can see down to an entire floor of people eating whilst you're on the toilet. Oh, I think I've heard of that. It yeah. was, it's on like a top of a building yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's the shard, isn't it? They can't see up. No, the one I went to is Paris, mm. and this was in the and it's like... this is in the late eighties when everything okay. was chrome and two way mirrors were cool, you know. <laughs> but this was a long time ago. And basically, I was I was probably like eight years old, and I literally just walked in this thing, and the whole place was literally like you're in an aha music video. It was proper eighties, and everything was pink, neon, and green, and you know eighties. Again, time and tape cassettes. As we walked in to the bathroom, I went into a little cubicle because everything else was taken, and as I looked down, I literally saw the whole restaurant floor eating. Brilliant. And it totally <laughs> freaked me out, you know. Uh, but I enjoyed weeing on everyone's head, as you would at yep. eight years old. So basically <laughs> the point is, that's why the French I the toilet me. next time, though, rather than the people's heads. Oh, well, you know, I was eight. Mm. So I thought it was yeah. a game. I thought that's what you did. Um, but the French, obviously, that's their humour. And Godspeed to France, because they there are weird things in Europe. If you go back and beyond, you will find weird bathrooms. Mm. But it is quite strange here that you literally have what I can only call one of those um, hotel uh, pressing. You know how you get your pants pressed in a hotel, your, your trousers? Right. Trouser pressed. Yeah. It basically looked like that in the Ueno part. It was like a little side panel by the urinal. So if you're outside, you're literally watching me, but it's censored the bit that mm. matters. Yeah, That's yeah. it. And the weirdest one was at Asakusa, which literally had a, an observation window. Yeah, it did, and it was it? full on. Because <laughs> I was taking pictures and the toilet looks pretty cool. It looks like an old Japanese chalet. But then you notice this thing is literally staring straight at about 10 blokes taken away. <laughs> literally, you see the whole floor, nothing censored. Mm -hmm. So obviously, Pete and I held hands and started wanging our things around, didn't we? <laughs> Uh, making patterns on the window for yeah. the tourists, yeah. We got paid quite a lot that day, but that's a whole side issue. We went to the Sony Megastore. We checked out the best toilet ever. Obviously, it was a babbling brook for Wynn. Yep. For us, it was heavy metal music, but that's a whole different thing. Uh, we left the bathrooms. We'd had a bite to eat before this because we didn't want to ruin the suspense. Okay. We had a bite to eat. Very cool place, a Toya. If you're ever here, there's a chain. There's some in Hong Kong too. We then went. We were all really excited. We went past the Formula One car of Nissan. We went past that amazing drift world champion car. Went past the black guy mannequin with the uh, white clothes on, which looked literally like a Michael Jackson video. Went past him. He was cool. Not called Neville. Not called Terry. Called Curtis, I believe. And as we went up the escalator to get to the level we wanted to get, there was a sign on it and it said, uh, yeah, we're not open. Today. At all. 
And uh, and so we didn't get to see the Sony Megastore kids. Nope. So what I would love to call this, we've heard about the ham and cheese disappointment. I would <laughs> call this. Ham and cheese I would. Well, yes, I would call this the fantabulous waste of time <laughs> on Sony Street mm-hmm. because that's what it was. <laughs> so if you're ever in Tokyo, hopefully you'll have better luck than we did. Hopefully you'll have a better expo than Ghostbusters. Let's hope that's only for now, probably an anniversary or something like this. You can let us know on a comments that you never let us know anything on. Uh, but that's pretty much the wrap up. That's what we've done. So we'll be back this time next week. We've got more stories from Japan to tell you. It's coming to a close, but we've still got a few left. Oh, yeah. We've got a few left. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got something very special planned for, for uh, Sunday, our time, which is two weeks on a Monday. Very special because we will be in Trans-Pacific Rim communication somewhere in an airport. In an airport? Who does that? That's crazy. We might even get a... Uh, full-scale interview for security because they're, <laughs> they're about all the laughs uh if you are listening to this around the world and you are doing a podcast please don't interview the security uh their job is stressful enough uh we all make their lives entertaining by uh carrying metal chips in our every single fabric of our pants don't we pete <laughs> so that when we go through the scanner they they check every part of us all of it. That's how we make friends, actually, to have a full body check. I would just like being patted down by the security yeah, guard. Yeah, of course you do. And, mm. and things shoved in your butt. Yeah. Or you just so. walk through the wrong doors. Oh, well, I do that yeah, all the time. Yeah. I go backwards through security. Yeah. Yeah, I like to keep it fresh. So He puts more things on. Well, I do. I do, yeah. I, I, I also like to say, if I've got anything to declare when they give me the chance, especially in America, I like to say, uh, yeah. And then run through the gate screaming, I've got a parrot inside my waffle. And see what happens. But don't do that at home, kids. Don't do that at home. Because what you will get in reaction, especially in America, is North Theatre on Fast Forward. It'll be the best action film you ever seen. And on that note, we're done. So it's over to win for the wrap-up. Subscribe to FIA Gets Tubed on YouTube for access to all Project FIA episodes and extras. As you know, you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Ask us questions and drop us your comments via email. Our address is projectfia.rebelrated at gmail.com. And of course, we are also on Twitter. Our handle is projectfia.rebelrated.